Jesus. And as we look at this tonight, the miracle of Jesus um, turning the water into wine. Last week we talked about the problem. There was a problem and they needed help. If we, if we have a problem in our life, we need help. And who do we need to go to? We need to go to the master. Go to the one who can solve our problem uh, rather than going to some book or some, some preacher. Look, ultimately, we've got to go to God for the answer for the problem. And so that's where they went. They went to Jesus. Mary went to Jesus. But we're going to read a scripture here in John chapter number 2. And I want to talk to you about basically the miracle that takes place. Okay, so we've already talked about the problem. They need wine. They need, they need that... Um, the drink, if you will. So let's read together in John chapter 2, and let's begin reading verse number 6. The Bible says, And there were set uh, there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the, of the Jews concerning two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear out unto, unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Interesting statement at the end. We'll get there in just a minute. But just by way of introduction, just a couple thoughts and then we'll move into the message. But let's look at the water pots that Jesus gave. In verse number six, the Bible says that there were six of them. And uh, they contained... Uh, two to three firkins a piece, a piece. And from what I understand, a firkin are, are the, those three, two to three firkins are anywhere between 17 to 25 gallons of water. And so you're looking at 100 to 150 gallons of water that were in these water pots. So that's a lot of water. And in our estimation, our thoughts as we look at that, that's really not that lot of water, but it was a lot of water. You say, how, how do you think that it was a lot of water? You and I, will go to the bathtub and turn on the faucet and get as much water as we want. Uh, they did not have a bathtub to go fill these water pots up with. They had to go to the well. And so, look, these men had to go with their buckets and go to the well and fill these up. So you see the water pot, number one, in introduction, but number two, you see the worker. The Bible, Bible says in verse number seven, Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots. Fill the water pots with water. Jesus used a human instrument so that they could be something for Christ. And he allowed them to fill the water pots. Now, let me ask you something. Could it not have, not have just been easiest if Jesus would have filled the water pots up with water himself? I mean, think about... The, uh, if you will, the perspiration, the sweat, the, the hard work, the, all the things that took place for them to fill those water pots up. So let me ask you, if you're talking about 100 to 150, pot, 100 to 150 gallons of water, how many five-gallon buckets is that? How many times do they have to run to the well to fill these water pots up? 
It wasn't like they had a, uh, maybe they had a donkey, maybe they had something that was carrying the water pots. I don't know. But ultimately, they had to reach down in that well, lower the bucket into the well, and pull it out, and pour it in, pull it in, and all, just constantly going to that, unless they had a river or something they were getting water from. But how many buckets of water did it take for them to fill those water pots up? Because Jesus was concerned about the miracle, he allowed, he allowed the men, and, the, and whoever helped, it doesn't say men or women, I don't think, but he allowed those people to just go fill it up. When it could have just been Jesus say, uh, fill that water up. Because sometimes in the midst, and we were just talking about that just a second ago, but sometimes in the midst of we wanting a miracle, God says, hey, I want you to work. Yeah, Jesus wasn't going to show them that miracle until they filled the water pots up. He was not going to give the wine uh, that they needed until they filled the water pots up. And they had to do all the work and perspire and sweat and work like crazy to fill those water pots up. That's a lot of water. And not only that, but um, it's like 12, almost 1,200 pounds of water. That's a lot. And Jesus made them do it. So we see. They wanted him to help him. See, Jesus is, look, Jesus is not a welfare Jesus. Look, you go, you just pray and I'll do everything. No, sometimes it causes us to have to do a little footwork. Jesus, man, I've been praying for years for you to do something, but you won't do anything to help him. Make sure that he's going, hey, make sure that he's going to bless the work that you've done to put in. How can we expect God to bless if we won't do anything ourselves to do something for the Lord? Right. And again, Jesus was not going to fill those water pots up because he asked them to do it. But so now let's get into the message. I've got just a couple points and I'll be through. Number one is we see the word. The word. What was that? What do you mean by that, Brother Trenton? This is the word of Jesus. Jesus told them to make this miracle take place. He needed them to work. He needed them to fill it up. But ultimately, it took his word. Look what he says in verse number seven. He said, fill the water pots with water. And what did they do? And they filled it up to the brim. So that means that there was no more water that could have went in those pots. They filled it all the way to the top. So not only did they work really hard, but they worked and gave their all. They could have filled it halfway up and said, okay, that's probably good enough for Jesus. No, they filled it all the way up to the top. You see, Jesus, Jesus, they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know Jesus was the Son of God. They didn't know that who he was because this is his first miracle. So they didn't know who he was. Well, Mary said, Mary said to do whatsoever he said to do. So let's do what Mary said. Well, Mary said to listen to Jesus. So Jesus said, fill them up. So let's fill them up. And let's fill them all the way to the brim. And they worked hard. And they filled them all the way to the top. But, but that, that filling it all the way to the top shows that they're, they were obedient. They filled it all the way to the top. And that obedience enabled them to experience the miracle. In verse number 7, or verse number 8, listen to what he says. And he said unto them, draw out now. Draw out now. Now, 
did Jesus reach down there and say, oh, turn, into, turn into wine? All right, go. No, no. He didn't do some, all right, guys, watch this. No. He just told them to reach in the bucket. Draw it out now. now. It, at, at that point, it was water. But when they reached in that barrel, it was no longer water. No. It was wine. <laughs> because of the power of Jesus, it was, it was a contingent on their faith believing that that water was no longer water. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that have been awesome to see the change in that color of that water? Mm. Boom! Oh, what in the world? As they took their scoop into the water, it dipped out and it came out wine. I, that, I mean, I know that I'm probably maybe over-exaggerating that, but think about what Jesus did to make that happen in just a moment because of their faith, because of their obedience, because of their over-exuberance of filling it all the way to the top. They could have stopped uh, you know, I mean, it stopped. No, they wanted it all the way to the brim. Man, I those think are... it was turning to wine while they were filling the pot. It may have been. It may have been. But look, I, the thing that I love about it, Brother Eddie, is look in verse number 9. The ruler of the feast had tasted of that wine and, uh, and was, uh, that was the water that was made wine. Look, it, they tasted of the water. That was made wine, and he knew not whence it was. What do you mean by that? Look, do you know that Christians get to see things that the lost world never sees? This, this ruler had no idea that Jesus had done a miracle. The only ones that knew it were the servants were the men and women who filled those water pots up. Those were the ones who got to see the miracle. Those were the ones who understood that the water was turned into wine. Those were the ones. Do you think that they did? Sir? Do you think that the servants that was serving that knew that it had turned to wine? Yes. Well, well I believe that they had faith in drawing it out. I mean, why? I don't. I don't know if they knew or whatever, but they they had enough faith to believe that they needed to draw it out of the bucket. And where they were went in to draw it out of the bucket, they went and served that draw straight to the ruler. So that their faith, uh, Jesus' power, changed that water into wine. Whether, I, I mean, I feel like they knew it, but but whether they did or they did not, the ruler did not know. Because sometimes the inner working as a Christian, you get to see God move and you get to see miracles that lost people don't get to see. Because you get to see God. Oh, whoa. Man, did you see what God did? Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, where are you at today? What has God done for you? Where has God brought you from? The world may not ever see what God, what God has done for you. Just like he did for them. Now, number two, and I'm done. The wonder. We see, the, we see number one, the word, but number two, the wonder. Look in verse number eight. He said, draw out now and bear it unto the governor of the feast. Jesus knew what a wonder it was, so he said, go give it to the one who's in charge. Basically, the governor of the feast, the ruler, and they bore it out. But in verse number nine and verse number ten, it was the good wine. 
Now, just so we're under, so just so we're clear, we understand Jesus wasn't serving alcohol. Jesus was serving juice. Then, the as we read the read the Bible, we understand that there were two. There are many. There's multiple definitions for the word wine when it was given to us in English. One is an alcoholic beverage, and then two is grape juice. You say, how do you know that Jesus did not serve alcohol? Well, there's a couple verses that help clarify that. The Bible says in the Old Testament, it says, Woe to him that giveth his neighbor to drink. So that word woe means judgment. Jesus is not going to have judgment upon his life because he did not sin. So judgment upon somebody who gives somebody to drink is what the Bible says. The Bible also says wine is a mocker. And strong drink is raging, and whosoever is thereby deceived, thereby is not wise. I misquoted that wrong. But wine is a mocker. Uh, woe to him that giveth his neighbor to drink. Bible says, be not drunk with wine. So Jesus is not going to induce them into something in which he did not believe in or which would be sin. Being drunk is sin. Drinking, I, I, this is wrong. And so Jesus did not serve alcohol. Just so we understand that, when Jesus served that wine, it was the sweet grape juice that he served. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that, but what a great thing that Jesus did for these people was to be able to serve them, and what a wonder it was. But in verse number 11, there's a couple things that take place, and it makes that wonder of, of it all. Verse number 11, the Bible says, In the beginning of his miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory. glory. What was that? That manifested who Jesus was. When he did that miracle that day, he was able to show everyone that he was Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that that was the beginning of his miracles. So this was the first time in public that Jesus had done a miracle. So people got to see this take place. People got to see it and they got to see his glory. If you've ever been to a place and you've been close to God and you've seen God move or you've seen in a church service and God has moved, sometimes I believe we get to see the glory of God. But when they saw that take place, it revealed to them the true glory of God. The glory of God. Not only did they get to see the wonder of his glory, but it also in verse number 11, the Bible says that he brought, he manifested both his glory and his disciples believed on him. Yeah. So that, as we go back, Jesus was just getting started. In the early part of Nathaniel's there and a few other disciples, he didn't have all 12 yet. And so these men had just believed and they saw the miracle and they watched Jesus fill it up, and he watched Jesus tell him to draw it out, and, and he was able to serve this, uh, uh, this uh, wine, if you will, and, and they were able to see what God did, and God, and it caused them to believe. There's things that's taken place in your life maybe that's caused you to believe. Look, there's ev- sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes if you've ever doubted, and God has come through and made you believe more so than you've ever believed before. You know, that's what Jesus was doing. He was confirming 
what they already began to believe. If you're born again this morning, if you know for sure that Christ is, is, your, is, uh, is your Savior, you know that for sure. What a sweet assurance that is. Amen. But sometimes we need to see. We, I love to see miracles because it just helps me believe more. Right. You see a miracle, it should allow you to believe more. These disciples, they just simply believed. They saw the Word of God speak as that water turned into wine. They saw the, the wonder of God and His glory, and they got to see and believe. We don't get to see Jesus like the disciples got to see Him. We don't get to see Him do these miracles face-to-face and hand-to-hand. But we get to see miracles that Jesus does. I love hearing testimonies. One of my favorite times is hearing people praise God for answered prayer. Yes. Why? Why is that so exciting to you? Because that means God's moving in people's lives. Right. That's right. God's answering prayer, that means miracles are taking place. Yeah. Whether... It's a miracle of something small where we feel it's insignificant or whether it's a big miracle of God's answered prayer. That alone is a miracle. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank